From the flickering shadows of silent films to the riotous colors of the modern screen, each innovation in filmmaking has edged us ever closer to capturing the ephemeral dreams that flutter through our consciousness. Now, the alchemists at OpenAI have unveiled Sora, a digital deity spinning narratives from mere text into the rich visuals of video. Today, we perch atop the towering achievements of film history, peering into a future where AI doesn't just contribute to the story, it assumes the mantle of director, cinematographer, and perhaps even the star. So grab some popcorn and settle in as we examine how Sora isn't just stepping forward, it's vaulting into the uncharted territories of storytelling. Let the curtain rise and prepare to gaze into the narrative possibilities of tomorrow. It's 2.22 as we wade into a creative stew, mixing words into films with perspective askew. This is Up Against Reality, a meta-podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Reina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts, too. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. It is the dawn of a new age. Can you feel it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's unmistakable. We've crossed a threshold, haven't we? I, I agree. I mean, even since we spoke last week, just looking back at the stuff we used to be impressed with just, uh, you know, a week and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. Runway ML was like, wow, it took a massive leap. And then it just got pounced. Yeah. We'll talk about Runway. But it's been a, a mere seven months or so since that Will Smith spaghetti video surfaced. <laughs> and we were all kind of blown away by its surrealist, creepy, dreamlike but incredible text-to-video output. That was seven months? Is that right? I feel like seven okay. months, yes. Yeah, I love that then he posted a video of himself eating massive quantities of spaghetti, and actually some people thought that it was AI, yes. but it was just him having fun. It's him having fun, yeah. And I sent you one the other day, which I really love, <laughs> yes. which is an AI spaghetti eating Will Smith. I mean, it's the natural evolution of things, right? <laughs> so good. Yeah, great. So if you haven't gathered it already, we are talking about text to video, specifically Sora from OpenAI, which was thrown into the world last week to everybody's amazement. Seriously, I know we speak in, or I can speak for myself, I speak in hyperbole all the time. I say, it's over. If you listen to the show, you know I say that, and I mean it this time. I really mean it. It's you, over. You really need a shirt that just says, I, it's I do. over on it, with a robot on it or something. <laughs> yes. I love it. If you've seen Sora's output, you you will be impressed, to say the least. It's cinematic. It's It's so realistic. If you really scrutinize it, could you tell? Yes. But it is literally a click away from being perfection. Right now, I'm cautious. Like, we, we all know what happened with the Gemini demo video. Mm -hmm. And then once everybody got their hands on it, not exactly what it said on the label. Um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping, you know, I'm, we can't play with this thing yet. So we, we don't know. We haven't, we haven't generated with it. Like I was talking about previously with trying to create images for the show, sometimes it's a grind and I got to generate 50 images to get to what ends up being the final. And so were those like 
Oh man, it took a lot of lot of work to get to those images. I know they very mm-hmm. clearly say these were unmodified output from it, but but yeah, did it take a lot of work, or does it have a, a really great innate understanding of the prompts and can generate the video without having to iterate, 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 iterate? You know, I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. dying for people to get their hands on this. Yeah, I, me too. I, this is one that I'm chomping at the bit for. I really can't wait to get my hands on it and see what it can do. Um, and when I say I can't wait for people to get their hands on it, I'm talking about you and me. That's right. <laughs> Us people. <laughs> yeah. So to elaborate a little bit, Sora from OpenAI uh, is a platform designed to create videos from text, producing realistic and imaginative scenes, supports up to minute long videos with high visual quality. Um, if you've listened to the show or if you're in this space at all, you may be familiar with Runway ML and Larry and I were just talking prior to rolling Runway ML in our opinion is kind of the text to video platform that was the leader of the pack prior to this unveiling kind of in the same way that 11 labs is the text to speech champion at the moment. And, uh, what are the other ones? Uh, Suno in terms of text to song. And on Runway ML, we'll get to this a little bit later, you can only generate four second clips at a time, at least with the free version, and mm-hmm. then you have to keep extending the clip. So for this to be able to do a single, a one minute long high res output, I think it does uh, 1080p, doesn't it? It does like a high def. I mean, I watched a video, I'm gonna, I'll put a link to this video in the show notes in the description. It was on the YouTube channel, Cold Fusion. I watched it on our pretty, good LG 4K OLED HDR, like I've never been happier with the TV. Everything looks amazing mm-hmm. on it and it looked great. I, I was, this was the first time I watched any any of the Sora stuff on a big screen and it held up. And yeah, I noticed some of the AI tells a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. some stuff more than others, but on a whole, it was like, oh, this is even better than I thought it was. Sure. Which clip was it? Because the one that blows me away, and we'll talk about them in a minute, on the Sora site, the demo clips, you know, there's that one that maybe everybody's seen at this point of the girl walking down, it seems like in Tokyo. Tokyo street in the yeah. rain. But the one I love, it just looks so stark and beautiful is this astronaut who's on a, seems like a salt flat and with this kind of retro spaceship. It's with, just the close up of real, his face. Yeah, it's, real tight close up and yeah, super cinematic, really, mm-hmm. really great. I'm like, oh man. Man, yeah. I, I, I remember the moment when I subscribed to Midjourney, which was my first go at text to image and sitting on my deck with my laptop and burning through my, you know, basic plan allotment in three days. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine how much fun it's going to be to play with that. Yeah. And I wonder what this is going to be, if it's going to be its own standalone platform or I was thinking earlier, what would be the ideal integrated platform if you had like one ai to rule them all like you know if it had the 11 labs component and suno component and now sora like what's that gonna that composite thing gonna be soon Hmm. yeah no it's coming yeah um it is currently as larry mentioned earlier it's currently an assessment uh for potential harms available to artists and filmmakers for feedback they're calling that red teaming i guess we're not on that team we're we're second string i think yeah yeah how do, how do we yeah. get on that list put me in coach come on <laughs> i'll make films 
I'll make films too. I'm a producer. <laughs> um, it has a deep language understanding for creating characters and maintaining visual style. Yeah, it's got some great continuity and apparently it can generate complex scenes with multiple shots within a single video. Yeah, I think that, like one of the obvious differences is like when you watch something that is generated with uh, Runway Gen 2, you get the impression that, and it's impressive, but you, you get the impression that it's just using the previous frame to interpolate the next frame, and sometimes it gets confused. Like, I generated a few clips today just to, to revisit it, and it was impressive a few weeks ago. <laughs> I know, like, the timelines are so <laughs> condensed now, it's ridiculous. But yeah. most of it seemed like just slow, it's very slow movement, mm -hmm. slow pan, everything seemed, feels like in slow motion. And I, I tried a prompt. We were just talking about the idea for this episode. You know, I, I was originally thinking like, all right, well, we're talking about text to video. So maybe I'll try to make some kind of image with a vintage typewriter, either wired into a television set or mm -hmm. morphing into a TV or, or acting as a projector onto a screen or a tablet or a video screen coming out instead of paper, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, I, it was hard to nail with, with Midjourney, um, so I, I wasn't super optimistic with Runway either, but I figured, hey, with video, it m might even be more straightforward. So that was the prompt. I put vintage typewriter morphing into a television, and all I got was a vintage typewriter and uh. with, with extremely slow camera motion. And then I tried a... Um, a space capsule re-entering Earth's atmosphere. I figure like, all right, well, that ought to give me some flames and something, something dramatic. dynamic. Mm -hmm. And it was a nice looking shot, but just extremely slow traversing of the camera, just a very subtle movement. And then I was like, all right, how can I get, how can, how can I get something that has yeah. to happen within this four second clip? I said, an AI robot's head exploding. And, mm. and it's a slow pan. You see the robot and there's some, a little bit of smoke coming out. And that's it, <laughs> you know. So it seems like it'd be hard to make a movie with it. Uh, I know some people have, but that's yeah. that seems like the general. I know Sora seems like it's on a completely different level, on every level. Yeah, and as you're talking, I'm thought about this earlier. At this stage of the game, they're they're both just platforms for expression. There's nothing wrong with them, and their differences for me are kind of charming, having looked at them both. And we'll talk about comparison a little bit more later. But the thing, I actually really like what happens in Runway, because as we've said with other things, it's this digital roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. You know, you put in a prompt. I, I experimented earlier today with, you know, the, the thumbnail that we were playing with earlier in Midjourney was this you know, robot with a cathode ray tube style head of a television. So I took that initial source image and I put it in a runway. I was able to animate that too and kept extending it four seconds at a time. And by the time I got to 20 seconds out, the thing had completely deconstructed itself yeah. <laughs> and turned into this completely unpredictable thing, which I really loved because it had this surrealist dreamlike aspect to it. So, you know? uh, yeah. And I think that goes back to my point where it's feeding off of previous frames, but not necessarily the whole context. So you weren't like initially you're panning around what is a robot, but once it, it had to create more on its own with less input, mm -hmm. then it devolved into something nonsensical. Yeah, which is cool. Like I, all these AI videos that are popping up, 
some stronger than others. Like for me, they really resonate with me. Like they just have this kind of creepiness, like nightmarish quality where maybe that's what it is like in our dreams where yeah. things just kind of slide into, you know, something you don't understand. Right. Well, I'm trying to remember what the Instagram account was. And it was like a. It seemed like it was a mix of live video that that transitioned into all this. Oh yeah, remember that? It's, uh, the name's escaping me, but um, but yeah, it had this super surreal, cool look to it, and like mm-hmm. it's clearly not trying to fool anybody as being photorealistic, and that's obviously not the point. But it was it was a cool aesthetic. I did, I you know, I thought I thought it was really cool. I agree. And you, it's kind of its own animal and you kind of have to surrender to this medium and let it be what it wants to be. Mm. It is this true collaboration. You're like, okay, here's my seed of an idea. Where do you want to go with it? You but know? Sora seems to be not that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although it probably could be if you prompt it that way, you know. Exactly. It's interesting. I wonder to that point, could you say something like, in the vein of runway ML, whatever engine, <laughs> you know, make it like a surrealist nightmarish kind runway of thing. ML early 2024. <laughs> early last week, please. <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. So on the Sora page on OpenAI site, which you must visit because obviously we're a podcast and you're not getting to see the things that we're marveling at, but some clips that caught my eye, maybe you have a couple other others to talk about. Here are the prompts that caught my eye. A photorealistic close-up video of two pirate ships battling each other as they sail inside of a coffee cup. Did you see that one? Yes, and I didn't know what the prompt was. I'm like, it looks like they're in they're they're in coffee. Yeah, I mean, it yes. was that convincing. Yeah, it was so so cool, super convincing. And that I love that tilt shift lens look where everything is kind of made miniature. You yeah, know? yeah, very very it pull, cool. It pulls that off really well. Yeah. And then there was a movie trailer featuring the adventures of the 30-year-old spaceman wearing a red wood-knitted motorcycle helmet, blue sky, salt desert, cinematic style shot on 35-millimeter film, vivid colors, what we talked about. Yeah, just if you didn't know and you were Mm -hmm. watching casually and you weren't putting it under a microscope, it's a lot of the way there. No doubt. I think I say it every week, maybe we say it every week, like you're going to watch a full-length movie this year that would be made with this technology. No yeah. doubt in my mind. Um, or we'll make it. You and I will make it. This other prompt, uh, which made me literally say out loud by myself, it's over. Because, <laughs> I, you know, Pixar, any animator working for them right now, forget it. Some 12-year-old is going to make a Pixar movie in their bedroom in the next three months. As long as they get the story right, because that's what, I mean, Pixar's got... That is that is their strength. They like it's it's not just the visuals. I agree, but I also you showed me and we're gonna get to in video later. You just showed me a one minute clip made entirely by AI, voiceover and all, everything. And how hard would it be for me to find the formulaic Pixar Disney screenplay and feed it into our own custom GPT and spit out three different scripts and then spit that into oh, yeah. one of these platforms? Stack them. Yeah, totally. Mind-blowing. So this one, the prompt I saw, uh, animated scene 
features a close-up of a short, fluffy monster kneeling beside a melting red candle. The art style is 3D and realistic, with a fo focus on lighting and texture. The mood of the painting is one of wonder and curiosity as the monster gazes at the flame with wide eyes and an open mouth. Its pose and expression convey a sense of innocence and playfulness, as if it is exploring the world around it for the first time. The use of warm colors and dramatic lighting further enhances the cozy atmosphere of the image. So, yeah... Um, liberal arts majors are going to have the last laugh in all this, right? Because I just read you a paragraph description, the natural language coding that all these platforms really need to go on. So th these were the actual prompts that generated those videos. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And every week virtually, and you more so than me, like we just sit here slack jawed, like how does this actually work? How's it working? And you, you tend to have a much deeper understanding and explanation for it all. Barely. <laughs> I, mm. I still don't feel like I have a true understanding of it. I understand some of the moving parts of it. Oh, and also, while we're talking about crazy cool updates, Suno version 3 is a coming. Ooh, yeah? Yeah. I, I just saw an update on uh, Discord from them. Version 3 alpha access for Pro and Premiere members. I, I might need to become one of those because <laughs> I, I got to know uh, version three alpha has better audio quality. And so in case you, anyone listening doesn't know, Suno is a text to song. Tell it what you want a song about or supply the lyrics if you want. And out comes a generally impressive mm -hmm. little piece of music. Uh, version three alpha has better audio quality and a max clip length of two minutes among other heavily requested features. Version 3 makes songs faster and has increased expressiveness, dedicated instrumental support, and expanded language coverage. Version 3 also allows you to continue from anywhere, a feature that's backward compatible with mm. songs you made with version 2. So Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we could take that Hawking song and say, pick up right here, maybe you know, put the playback head wherever, and then make me a bridge. Yeah. Yes, yeah, as a word of caution, version 3 Alpha is the next step toward enabling anyone to have fun making music, but the early version we're sharing today still has weaknesses. Uh, out, version 3 Alpha struggles to follow certain prompts like key signatures and beats per minute, and its songs don't always sound perfectly mixed and mastered. By popular Shh, demand... Come on! Come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> uh, by popular demand, version 3 Alpha makes longer songs, but it can also be prone to hallucination, especially when fed short prompts. So anyway, yeah, that's a little Suno update that jumped off the screen today. Yeah, wow. So maybe a, a new Suno episode next week. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so how does this stuff actually work? We'll try our best to dissect it in a semi-jargon-free way. Um, and apparently OpenAI has Google to thank with some of their you know, groundbreaking research and what they call transformers. These are neural networks used in language models like we use in ChatGPT, while diffusion models foundational to AI image generators create images from noise, iterating towards a prompt-defined image. So it starts out as noise, leans on these neural networks, and keeps iterating until it gets there. Yeah, based on right? patterns that it's learned from its training data. You think about like the quantity of data that is required to get anywhere with that. Yeah. And then it learns, you know, it learns what, all right, well, these are, these patterns are patterns that make sense and these don't. And yeah, it's still, I still don't have a, a deep understanding of it. 
But, you know, again, we've mentioned this before, like it makes sense that this is where we are in the evolution of all this because we've all been throwing data in one form or another onto the internet since 1996, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. It's just been stockpiling across everything. And now these platforms are just scraping it all together and, you know, analyzing video and analyzing song and, and all of our text and creating its own synthesis of it all. It's an amazing evolution. It's really fascinating. It is. And uh, Sora leveraging transformer architecture uses tokens representing space and time patches to ensure frame coherence in video generation, outperforming earlier models like Meta's Emu and Google's Lumiere in aspects like resolution and video length. I've never used either of those. Have you? I have not. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. What must the people on the runway development team be thinking right now? <laughs> like they, when Sora dropped, they yeah. must be like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> Better update my resume. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe they've got something in the works too, but... Yeah. But they probably... Yeah, maybe. But you, you got to wonder how much the the data that, that OpenAI has that, you know, they've used to train GPT with how much that is a huge asset for them with this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's not all video data, and I would think you'd need to have video data, not just text knowledge data. So where does Runway ML scrape its video data set from? Is that just YouTube? I mean, is that... That's don't a good know. question. I don't know yeah. if that's public knowledge. Hmm. Unlike Lumiere, or is it Lumiere? I have no idea. <laughs> Sora can generate high-res videos up to 1920 by 1080, create multi-shot videos, as we said before, and perform editing tasks. I wonder what that looks like. I mean, do you actually have a timeline, like in Premiere, offering more dynamic and realistic videos with potential for broader applications? Yeah, and I just keep thinking, this is, this is essentially version one. Well, it is of Sora. Yeah. I mean, I keep seeing this comment floating around on Reddit and elsewhere that whatever complaint you have about this technology, this is the worst it will ever be. This is it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, version, think of version one of any other piece of software that you've used for a long right. period of time and how right. it is a joke compared to, you know, what you have now, unless you're mm -hmm. only on version 1.5 of that particular piece of software. But unless you're a purist <laughs> and you refuse, yeah. you're like some... Uh, some like digital Amish or something. I don't know. <laughs> digital Amish. There's a band name too. Digital. Hey, we need a bell for that every time. <laughs> That's right. Harkening uh, back to the days yeah. of funny heads. Yeah. Yes. Uh, old podcast. Um, I love it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the first version of Photoshop I used. I it was in the single digits. It was. It was either 2.5 or 4.5 or something. I don't know. It was ancient. Yeah, look at photos. I was running on a, a Mac, what? On a 2CI. A Mac 2CI. 2CI. Yep. Is that like a five and a quarter floppy in that beast? Or uh, how no, old is it's that? a three and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pushing technology there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three and a half. One um, megabyte, I think, dude, on that disk. I, the one thing I remember about that computer is it came with four megabytes of RAM. And in order to run Photoshop, I needed like mm. 20. And mm. so I had to get 16 megabytes of RAM. 
And I, dude, I remember this. This is something I've I've repeated enough because it's it, it's so crazy now. I had to get four four megabyte boards, and that, in addition to the one that you already had installed. Yeah, there's I think four megs hardwired, and then there's four memory slots or uh. something, and which were brought up to twenty megs of RAM, and you know that memory it was. Each one of those four meg boards was $130. So it was over $500 for 16 megabytes. I've got images bigger than that on my, you know, like many times bigger than that on my computer. Sure. And what's a DIM card these days? Like, you know, how much does that cost? You know, 100 buck card now will get you how many gigs? Oh, right? yeah, I mean, it's like free now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Um,. So Sora's advanced capabilities suggest its use for cost-effective prototyping and entertainment. Prototyping, yeah, right. In entertainment, <laughs> advertising, and education, promising a shift in video content production. I say, I say, yeah, right, because prototyping suggests it's that just going to be for storyboards. <laughs> right, it's going to be the sketch before the final output. No, this is the final output. Uh, OpenAI envisions larger versions of video generators like Sora as capable simulators of the physical and digital world, emphasizing their potential to revolutionize content creation and simulation applications. Now that, that seems really tricky. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it's one thing just seeing what something looks like on the surface, but knowing what its physical properties are and how it should right, behave right. in the real world is a whole different deal. Yeah, Yes, and we're going to talk about that too because there's a great video you shared with me by, by a YouTube channel called Cold Fusion. And one of the things that talks about are the shortcomings of the platform currently, and that being it doesn't know how to handle like physics in the world and light behavior and things like that. But, but think about your favorite video game. Like you're a Call of Duty guy. Yeah, like, but how realistic does that look? Yes, but that's totally different. That's doing it the, you know, for lack of a better term, the traditional way with 3D models in a 3D space that have surfaces and textures applied to them and a lighting model and a physics model. And yeah, so it is calculating all of those things. Some of them are pre-calculated, but yeah, anything that's destructible or when you, you know, if, if you shoot somebody and they're on a roof and they fall, there's a physics model that applies to that character model and it flops around in the right ways. And yeah, so that is, and that's how, how traditional like CGI in movies is done. But, in the same way that this, these AI platforms you know, have a data set trained on text or audio or whatever, couldn't you just point them to the physics engines that are inside these video games and have like, you know, almost a data set of physical behaviors that, you know, kind of drive these games, these I, I game mean, environments. The, the tricky part, I mean, the, hey, they'll figure it out, I'm sure. But sure. the tricky part is that it's generating a 2D image. It's not as far as I know, it's not looking at the elements in the video as 3D objects. It's generating a final what's on the screen. Whereas when you're working in a 3D space with 3D three-dimensional models made out of polygons, you know how big it is. You can tell it, all right, well, that's made out of metal and you have a gravity model and all of this stuff applies to it. And it's, they're, they're independent objects in a 3D space. So those things can act and react with each other in the right way. Something can be reflective, not reflective. It's casting a shadow here because the light source is over here, or you've got multiple light sources. It knows where everything is and where you are in that space and where the camera is. 
But again, I don't know. I don't have a deep understanding of how Sora does what it does. Mm-hmm. You know how how it creates the image, but that that seems like with my very limited understanding of well, not really knowing how it works, it, it does seem like that's a hurdle for this. Yeah, I agree, but I I do think you as you're describing it, I'm like, all right, so stick an AI on it, like actually have the AI itself analyze all of that code and what creates those behaviors in that space and then emulate it and so you know and then you're gonna have a text to video game ai you know i like i'm trying to think of something that would break it so like uh if somebody's holding a hollow aluminum ball and they throw that as opposed to someone throwing a solid steel ball they're going to be react very differently but they're going to look more or less the same mm-hmm. so like how do you how do you navigate that how do you uh, you know, if you're trying to do a simulation, and so, I mean that's a strong word. Like a you know, simulation is a simulation, so you you need to know what the properties are of these materials that you're simulating. Mm-hmm. So, do you have to like that? Was, seems like that would need to be guided. It would have to have some human input on it because if if the thing visually looks the same but has vastly different uh, physical properties, how would the AI know that? Like you just said, we'd have to have an expert train it right or uh, you know going back to the language skills i see them all the time now on linkedin prompt engineers prompt engineers so somebody who can expertly craft the language to get the output you want so So that guy or gal still has a job still has a job yeah because that 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 metal ball could be painted and you'd never know what's under the paint you're right just saying you're right and you made me think of a strange aside, by the way. I was, and you, because you sent me a link to, I guess we're on the moon now, again? Uh, as, yeah, uh, as an Americans? autonomous, uh, the uh, Odysseus, uh, it was an autonomous uh, moon landing, and their their uh, company is called Intuitive Machines. Um, oh, cool. And uh, yeah, their their goal is to be a, basically like UPS to the moon uh, type of thing. And, or uh, mining minerals there and bringing them back or I think mostly mostly to get materials there uh, hmm. for other companies for a moon base uh, for yeah for ever I mean there's wow there's a market to be on the moon apparently I was gonna say <laughs> our, our greed knows no end <laughs> but it was pretty impressive like something failed on it and they had to uh, without going down the rabbit hole with this, it was something uh, that that would detect, I think, the surface, so it could find a safe landing area. Because, like, that's wow. one thing. To, uh, doing that autonomously sounds tricky, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and one of the lidar sensors, uh, don't quote me on this, it was something failed, and they had to repatch. They had to come up with a software patch on the spot to like use some lasers from some other piece of gear on there and patch it into this other sensor and, and kind of rework it. And they couldn't just orbit endlessly until they figured it out. They had a limited window to do this and they did it, Mm -hmm. you know, very quickly. And there's, there was this long dramatic delay, like waiting to find out if it actually succeeded because they have to reestablish communication with it. And uh, it took a little while uh, you know, maybe 15 minutes or something like that. But uh, they found a, a faint signal, so they know it landed, and it's there, and now they got to 
you know, eventually they'll, they'll, they'll get the communications going and get the images back. I think it actually flew up a drone, some kind of thing what? as it was landing. So that oh there should be God. some good quality video of it actually landing to so it. That, this stuff cool. just, just blows my I mind. I know you're, you're a total space nerd. I know. Yeah. Um, but this, that was even the, the that's the, one of the tangents I was going to go down the other tangent for some reason when you were talking about like the you know texture of this aluminum ball and the you know physical you know simulation I don't know why I was thinking of this but do you remember the space shuttle obviously do you remember there was a giant fuel tank on the shuttle mm -hmm. and then there were two booster rockets You're right do you remember that the giant fuel tank mm -hmm. was like rust oxidized yeah do you know why that is uh tell me I probably have the heard this but it used to be painted, but they realized they could save 600 pounds. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> if they left it unpainted, the paint the paint weighed that much. 600 pounds. Right? Yeah. Don't need to look pretty. <laughs> no, it just has to get there. We can put 600 pounds of more stuff in there now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We like our stuff. And taking we it do. with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could I'm sure you could have your own podcast about, you know, space exploration. Have you have I been to space? No, I have not. No, you haven't. Not yet. <laughs> no, no. Not. You will. I think you will. We all will. I think. I, I don't think it's going to be the domain of just the super rich, you know, $200,000 flights, you know, on Richard Branson's space plane. I right. think it's going to become almost as commonplace, like hopping a jet and going to Europe. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be at least suborbital, like getting yeah. 60 miles up and seeing you know, the curvature of, of the earth and seeing the black of space. Before we're uh, too old to do it? Or at least our our avatars, our holograms will go <laughs> okay. in our in our stead. Um, yeah, so that was believe it or not, we were talking about Sora and text to video and its capabilities and where that's headed. And hopefully by next week we can get our our grubby paws on it and and run it through its paces. And Larry, you shared a really good video with me via Cold Fusion YouTube channel um, about. Sora and some of its concerns and its shortcomings and its capabilities. The one thing that stuck out was TikTok. Yeah, and I, I I work on TikTok with some of my clients, and I've noticed this function pop up recently where you can upload your content, video or otherwise, of course, video on TikTok, and you can voluntarily say you can hit a toggle switch and say this is AI content um, or not. But with you doing that, you are telling the system this is what AI content looks like. And that does not sound on the surface like a, a solution to, you know, uh, people being able to know that they're watching an AI generated video or not, but there will be enough that are uploaded where people have, you know, they don't have ulterior motives trying to fool people and, and they're going to tick that box and say it's AI generated. And ultimately that's going to result in a ton of training data for them to have like, all right, well, we know without question that these are AI generated. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess people could upload legit videos and tick that box if they were really just wanted to have a movement to try and fool the system, you know, mm. get people on board. Yeah. I, I mean, that seems like an uh, like an unlikely scenario. Um, but I think I think uh, they'll, they'll get enough legitimately AI generated videos. Does that? Well, that's, a, that's almost like an oxymoron there. <laughs> Um, and then they have all this data that they can, I guess, potentially train a model on to be like, all right, well, these are some tells that from AI generated videos and then potentially have something to automatically detect videos that, that haven't been tagged yeah. that way. Well, let me ask you this. So one of the videos I uploaded recently to TikTok, I created three or four different stills using one text to image platform or two, Firefly or 
Dali, whatever. And then I took those still images. I brought them into Canva. I cut it together. I added the, you know, the, the music bed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then I exported it as an MP4 and then I uploaded it to TikTok. So do I check that box? Is that an AI created video? It's got AI imagery in it, mm. but I cut it together. Whose video is it? That's a interesting point. Yeah, I don't know how to categorize that. It'd probably be wise for them to have a, this is 100% unmodified AI output, or this is this has AI content, generated content, almost like a, an ingredients list. <laughs> you know, may yeah, contain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> may contain nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that video on uh, YouTube, Cold Fusion, they did a nice A-B comparison of what Runway ML's capabilities and Sora's capabilities and side-by-side, like, you know, taste test. And I will say, those examples, I was like, oh, all right, you know what? Runway is, is better than I remembered it. I was kind of expecting that difference to be a little more stark. It is mm-hmm. pretty dramatic, though. Yes. The Runway stuff, it almost looks like... I don't want to say stop motion. That's not the right comparison, but it's definitely not fluid and cinematic like the Sora stuff. It's clearly mm-hmm. extrapolated, almost like you've tweened different frames. You know, it's yeah. kind of just filled in the gaps to get, like you said earlier, to the output. Yep, agreed. Uh, one of the things that brought up that I thought was super cool, and I didn't know Sora was capable of doing this, it was able to combine or morph oh, video. Yeah. It started with an image of a butterfly really coolly flying underwater at one point, I think, wasn't it? I forget. I saw the butterfly, and then it was like a, a, sh- a shot over a canyon with a river or something like that. And then yeah. it was a drone shot, right? And then the butterfly replaced and, the drone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Really cool. Multiple camera angles from a single prompt, which was really cool. I think it was a, if my memory serves, it was like, you know, a Japanese cherry blossom kind of scene and there was a wide shot and then there was a cutaway to somebody's hand holding flowers, but this was all achieved in like a single prompt, it seemed. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing that they brought up, which I found really interesting, and I remember we talked about this months ago, was that OpenAI was partnering with Shutterstock, which is known for stock images like Getty, et cetera. And uh, we were speculating you know, maybe they're doing something with stock images, but yeah, I think I think Shutterstock was like, it's over <laughs> when, when you know Midjourney was really taking mm-hmm. off. They saw the writing on the wall, yeah. but it seems that in addition to maybe making a, a battery of stock images, they were using stock, Shutterstock's data set mm. to inform Sora. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Shutterstock and seeing the writing on the wall, like, well, it's time to pivot and. If you can't beat them, join them, or whatever the saying is. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this was interesting, too, because, you know, we've talked about this. We're not going to belabor this, but obviously the dark side of this, all of this is going to be the fake news and the questionable content that's generated. But the one thing I thought was interesting was criminals could now use this to their benefit. Like, say you have a security footage of somebody robbing a bank and somebody gets brought in as a suspect. You could defend yourself by saying, that's AI generated. That was not me. And maybe, who knows? Maybe, listen, people get wrongfully incriminated and spend 40 years in jail for other things. So why wouldn't some organizations use AI doctored footage to get the person they want to get? Sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, how do you, how do you prove it one way or the other? And who's going to believe it if you do? It's so, so muddy. The one thing that resonated with me too, another thing that resonated resonated with me, 
uh, was they brought up, you know, everybody's suffering already from AI fatigue. Like mm. it's just, it's completely infested social media. It's everywhere now. And you can, it had its charm. People were wowed by, I think you just said it a moment ago. Like we were wowed by these <laughs> things like last week yeah. and now it's like, oh yeah, runway ML's old hat. Just but, real quick, going back to the, you know, like security camera thing. I th I, th I think he mentioned, I think in the Cold Fusion vi video, he mentioned something about like they're trying to incorporate some preventative measures at the hardware level and like in cameras. And so maybe it'll be maybe a, a possible solution to that is any security cameras, they have to have some some kind of digital fingerprint on the footage that it generates to conclusively prove that it is legitimate video footage and not AI generated. I think right. that's I think that's where it has to happen. There has to be some kind of standard for any camera. And then hey, if if you've got security as long as that proves to be reliable and there you can't circumvent it and there's there's got to be a way. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just the optimist in me. But uh assuming that is the case, if security footage is from some old camera and it doesn't have that, then it's not submissible evidence. Right. And you just made me think of something else when you said that. Um, they mentioned in that same video, and we've talked about this before, that you know there's a need for a digital watermark of some kind on AI content. Um, but apparently the ability to circumvent, and that exists, I forget what company kind of pioneered that. Uh, the C2PA or I think. Yeah, I think, some yeah. standard. But apparently if you download that original content and then you compress it one more time or convert it to or an MP4. Take a picture of it them. on a, you know, right. with a phone or something. I mean, obviously you're degrading the quality at the same time, but. But you lose that marker yeah. and there's no way to verify it. Yeah. So. so with all that said, we thought, you know, we've mentioned Sora and we've mentioned Runway ML and again, Runway ML and we'll talk about a little bit more about that in a moment. It's still super cool. It's absolutely, I think, absolutely worth you signing up for free. The free version of it gets you like, I want to say 60 seconds of yeah. video generation. In, in right? four second increments, yeah. Yeah, um, which is, I want to say plenty, but it's a lot to be able to see what, what it can do. And it kind of turns some dials and slides some faders and see what you get. Yeah, you can do text to video or image to video. So you could you can upload, uh, like, like you were talking about with the robot image, uh, you can upload a starting image and then it'll just animate it. And there are some controls for like if you want to specify what the camera movement should be like and or the direction of the movement. I think they call it motion brush or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Definitely worth playing with. Super cool. Um, and we wanted to shine a light on, you know, I asked ChatGPT and a couple other you know AIs. I said, what are the five most popular AI text to video platforms at the moment? Uh, and these are the ones that they seem to have a consensus about. Uh, number one on the list, or these aren't in any particular order in terms of like superiority in video known for its user-friendly interface and ability to share videos across social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. It offers a generous free plan alongside paid subscriptions, making it a favorite for creating social media and promo videos. Yeah. I just, uh, I played with that immediately before we started recording this episode and, uh, I did the same thing as we mentioned earlier. I, I just put in the prompt vintage typewriter morphing into a television. And I didn't, I didn't really, this is the first time playing with this. I, I didn't know exactly what this platform was all about. Now I have a better understanding and I would have prompted it differently. So this is not like Runway ML or Sora where it's going to try and give you an image of a typewriter trying, you know, morphing into a TV set. 
it's going to generate a an edited video with a voiceover on a topic. That's basically the the mm-hmm. thing. And it does after I prompted it, it then it, it said it was analyzing and there was a couple of steps and then it then it asked me some basic questions with like three choices like based on what kind of style I wanted, um, uh, inspirational, clean, or, or inspiring, clean, or I forget I forget what the options were, but uh, based on what kind of style, what your audience is, like, mm. um, and just some very basic questions and to guide its output. And then it put out this, uh, we'll put it on, on the YouTube channel and there'll be a link to it in the description. It put out basically just like, the history from going from the typewriter to the TV and mm-hmm. with a nice voiceover and music you know, bed, music bed and stock footage all cut together. And yeah, I guess it's a little generic, but I mean, it's, it's not bad, man. It's not, not at bad all. at all. And yeah, it makes you wonder <laughs> like how much of the content on YouTube is just made with tools like this. I, I can't help but think when I was teaching middle school and I was teaching digital media, the kids, you know, had MacBooks and thought it'd be useful for them to learn how to do some video editing and iMovie or GarageBand audio, et cetera. But I'm like, now they all, all they have to do is go here and type in a prompt about whatever, you know, the, Abraham Lincoln, and you're going to get a Ken Burns style video essentially in one minute. And And forgetting about whether the quality is there or not. I mean, that does eliminate the whole creative aspect of of making something like this. So I think that's still valuable. I agree, but I don't. I agree. But all right. So say we've like anything else now. Now say the AI can do all that for us and can kind of get it based on our prompt to the space where we intended it, you know, without us having to go through and manually cut 30 seconds of output and have it take us three hours. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. So Yeah, like this wondering, this, yeah. Th- this spe- specific example, though, I answered four, like three questions that were extremely broad just to put it in a general direction, but that's it. You know, I had no say on what the footage was, where, how the editing would be, what the voiceover would be like. I had no input on that at all. So I don't, I, like, I don't feel like I created this at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering with the paid version and, and as this advances, can, can you go in there and dial in and even more granularly? I, the only thing where I was made aware of, well, you can't do this with the free plan, is when I went to export the video. And that was, if I didn't want a watermark on it, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you got to pay for that. And if you wanted, I'm trying to remember what it was, I think 4K uh, was paid. And there was, there was one other, there's one other option. I can't remember what it was. Oh, and just just a quick aside on that, getting back to like how much content on YouTube is just generated this way. I found it interesting that at the end of that video, the Cold Fusion video on Sora, that the Mm -hmm. guy, the guy who makes these videos are really well done. He actually said he gets a lot of comments, people thinking that he's AI generated. And he's like, I assure you I'm not. I was at this conference. I met with some flesh and blood. Like he actually has to defend his humanity. (laughs) We've gotten to that point. Ah, I wonder if we're we're ever going to fall into that uncanny valley ourselves. (laughs) I know. Yes. Start recording the video on these uh, Zoom calls, man. To to prove it. We're human beings. I swear. We are. I swear. I swear. Um... The other four on the list, Pictory. Some of these I've not heard of. I've not heard of Pictory. Have you? No, no. Yeah, that one I I did not know of. 
Pictory, celebrated for its AI video summaries and highlights, Pictory shines in content marketing and social media video projects. It's particularly effective at creating micro content from long form content, making it a powerful tool for boosting engagement and reach. So maybe I can feed in a long form 20 minute, whatever, published YouTube video and it can strip out the essentials for me. Mm, sounds like it. Or I guess more above board would be I create my own 20 minute content on my phone, upload it there, and then it strips out my short form posts and splits it into reels that it can publish throughout the week. Yeah. Talking about summarizing and stuff, uh, just quick aside, the uh, uh, Adobe Acrobat, they've added some AI stuff to it. I saw that. And so now you can have it summarize a long PDF for you and built right in. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next up is Synthesia. This platform stands out for commercial use offering clear and natural voiceovers across a wide selection of voices. It's ideal for creating e-learning, explainer videos, and social media product descriptions with an emphasis on high resolution and easy to use interface. And am I right, Synthesia? That's like, you know, an avatar. It's not just audio, right? Yes, from what I know of it, I, I believe yeah. you can get video of yourself and importer or whomever. You can choose from a stock, like stable of characters yeah. and, but I believe you can also feed it your, like we did with HeyGen, mm -hmm. you could feed it in and have it and then just type in text and it'll speak it. Of course. Pretty cool. Of course it will. Of course it will. Deep Brain AI, I've not tried this one either, offers a straightforward approach to video generation for beginners, enabling the creation of various videos, including sales pitches and advertisements. It features a diverse cast of hyper-realistic AI avatars and supports multiple languages. So sounds like it's like Synthesia. Mm. And last up, Flicky, F-L-I-K-I, offers quick creation of social media content and text-to-speech functionality. We just have to come up with some ridiculous name for some <laughs> ambiguous tech product yeah. and seek out some venture capitalists and throw Vidvo. some money at us. Larbox. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. That's another band name. Uh, Want to just really quickly dive back into Runway and its mm -hmm. functionality because. I, I went back in today and I realized the last time I experimented was three months ago when I threw up a, ancient an image, history, ancient man. history, so much has progressed, but it's, it's really impressive, man. It's definitely, I, I don't think it's something to turn your nose up at. It's really no. cool. When you go to the landing page, there's a section called runway watch, and it seems like it's positioning itself to be like this, you know, catch all for artistic experimentation, like art house kind of, you know, forays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe similar to like the um, mid-journey page where you can just look at the feed and 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 see all these images. And it's kind of cool that you can click on them and see what the prompt was that generated it. And it can, can be inspirational if you're using the, those tools. Super cool gallery. Um, and they have different sections. The AI Film Fest, uh, Gen, 8, Gen 48 and others. The two that really stood out to me, and I think I forwarded them to you. Yes, I watched them both. Oh, I loved them. One was called Nightmare Number 24, and it was, I don't know, two minutes long, and it was about this bison uh, that keeps appearing in these different scenarios. It's in, First, its head is decapitated as a trophy on the wall, and then it kind of appears in the hallway of this house, and then it's in, in these interesting scenarios, and, and beautiful, and scary, and nightmarish. Yeah, freaky. Mm -hmm. And the other one, and 
here's the other thing. I want to know what's happening here too, because I don't think these videos that are on runway are happening purely from the output of runway. I think there's definitely some intervention and some external editor that, where they're being pieced together. I could be wrong. What do you think? My impression was that someone generated the individual clips and pieced them together. But nothing, like, on those videos, nothing made me feel like, oh, well, then they really put the spit and polish on it to make it look better. I think I think they generated the clips in, in uh, Runway and then edited them together. But I don't know, man. I, I, like, I, I haven't really I dug deep into Runway. Maybe it, it's got some facility for that. For, Maybe for it does. daisy-chaining yeah. shots together. Yeah, the only reason I ask, and I think you brought it up when I, I forwarded you in a video called Generation, which reminded me of that Scarlett Johansson movie, Under the Skin. Did you ever see that? I did not. Yeah, it's kind of a creepy sci-fi thing. Um, but the video Generation, I, there's some kind of avant-garde dancing going on and lots of interesting camera movements. And it seems like layered, like the dancer, it seems like it has a projection on it itself of other scenes. It just oh, yeah, seems right. like yeah. really in interesting compositive images that I don't know how is pulled off solely inside the AI. Oh, so, so that was, you saw that on the runway page? Yes. Oh, but it linked to a YouTube video. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was clearly uh real video augmented with AI and like, yeah, there were credits that rolled after it. And yeah, there was a lot of human involvement in that one. So, so yeah. yeah. So I guess these gallery videos are little of everything, little hundred percent AI and then hmm. some other composite stuff. So here are the, here are the hot takeaways for me looking at runway ML after three months. It's got a pretty functional little editor built right in. I don't know if you play with that, Lara, but it's got a timeline and you can, you know, drag and drop segments and you know, cut things right there in the interface. It's kind of cool. As you mentioned earlier, it has motion brushes. So I imported a, uh, an image, a still image, and then I can go in with five discrete brushes and say it was an image of me right now. I could use the brush and select really crudely my hat. And then I could, using some sliders, say I want the hat to move horizontally to the right or vertically down or uh, closer in proximity to the camera or blah, blah, blah. And I could do that with five independent elements in a single frame so i can get all this kind of dynamic motion across so a you can have image. your mat your hat move left and your your eyes move right yes <laughs> i want to see totally. that <laughs> oh that sounds like a dare um and lastly with your like i said earlier with your free account you get 60 seconds of rendering you can do it in four you can extend the clips I, th I believe you're only limited to doing it four or five times. Like if you start with a four second clip, you can extend it, but you can only do that four times before you have to put in a new prompt, mm -hmm. it seems. Um, and with the, the more, the higher paying accounts, uh, you know, it, it starts at zero obviously. And then you go from 12 to 76 and all the features are, you know, premium from there on. And just going back, like I discovered runway years ago because it had some cool still image tools to colorize the black and white photo and to you know i think some restoration stuff so they've actually been around for quite some time probably five years yeah i forgot Maybe that more? you told me that that yeah. color colorization happened yeah in runway yep which we don't i don't associate with still images at all anymore i don't know if that's even part of their thing i think those tools are still there but the, the yeah. video stuff is taking the spotlight so with that said let's see what rena has to say about the news thanks boys the pentagon's digital and ai wing has teamed up with scale ai to whip up a smart testing framework 
for AI brains that could jazz up military strategy and decisions. This one-year deal aims to ensure AI can flex its muscles safely, giving soldiers real-time insights and testing how these digital geniuses can beef up military ops. Imagine AI models churning out code and comms by sifting through heaps of data. This gig could clue in the Defense Department on how to unleash AI's potential without stepping on ethical landmines. In somewhat related AI-driven apocalypse news, the brainy folks at the University of Cambridge are pitching a novel idea. To keep AI from running amok, let's regulate its brains, the hardware. They're suggesting some James Bond-style safeguards, like remote kill switches and lockouts, to nip any AI naughtiness in the bud. While they admit this approach isn't the be-all and end-all, it's a step towards making sure AI plays nice, given it's a game mostly run by a few big players. According to Vice, a scholarly paper recently got yanked from the academic stage for featuring AI-generated doodles that bizarrely included a giant rat penis. Authored by a globetrotting team and having danced through the editorial limbo of checks and balances, this piece somehow slipped into the scholarly limelight with its, ahem, avant-garde illustrations. The journal pulled the plug on this scientific spectacle, citing a mismatch with their bar for rigor, all while the AI behind the scenes took a bow for its unexpected role in academic infamy. Rat penis. That's definitely the first time I've said that. And now it's in my data set. Nice. <laughs> in a move that's got the interwebs buzzing, a big AI player, shrouded in mystery, has cozied up with Reddit in a $60 million a year deal to sift through user content for AI training gold, right as they're eyeing the IPO prize. This partnership, however, has some Redditors raising eyebrows, worrying about their digital footprints being used without a buy-your-leave. It's a case of deja vu for Reddit, still smarting from a recent uproar over API fee hikes that had the community up in arms. I guess I better watch my language when I post to my fave subreddit, our end of mankind. And lastly, researchers have discovered that AI's knack for crafting propaganda might just give humans a run for their money, potentially even outpacing us in persuasion with a bit of editing magic. This revelation comes as they scrutinize the charm of GPT-3's compositions, finding that a sprinkle of grammatical polish and a dash of clear thesis could really spice things up. And as the digital world eyes the horizon of another U.S. presidential election, this AI talent for swaying hearts and minds without bias could really stir the pot, sparking a mix of fascination and concern. Maybe I should get some of my robot friends to build a panic room for Larry and Chris, or one of those billionaire bunkers with a moat. Between the Pentagon's shenanigans, the need for AI kill switches, and colossal rat penises, this world is becoming far too dangerous for humans. That's all the news for now. Take it away, gentlemen. You know what band I want to see? Yeah, totally. I don't Where's know. the bell? Where's the bell? <laughs> Remote kill switch. I do not want to see giant rat penis. <laughs> By the way, how funny is that illustration? You've seen it, right? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Oh. <laughs> how did that get past the sensors, man? It's unbelievable. I mean, man, it's happening. It's happening. Some editor absolutely lost their job. Oh, Come on. Yeah.
You had one job. <laughs> Keep the giant rat penises out of the medical journal, please. Oops. Oops. Um, yeah, there was something else she said that was interesting. Oh, she mentioned that some mystery player had scooped up all of Reddit's data. It turns out, I, I think just today, it's Google. Google is doing that. Oh, yeah. Google paying $60 million a year for Reddit's you know, language. Man. Data is, is the new lucrative. Yeah, the new gold, right? Is that or it is or is gold too old school? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, what would be the modern day equivalent of that. Hmm. Data. Data is the new data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, we have an ask Raina question. Uh, nice. And so, so this comes from Steve D, and this is a a variation on on another question that has been known to foul up. GPTs, you know, they've been known to get this type of question wrong. So, uh, but he rephrased it with a different subject matter and uh, it ought to be fun. So, cool. Steve D would like to know if it takes a brewery five days to ferment the beer inside five full fermenters, how many days would it take for 10 full fermenters? We're tapping into the mathematics of merriment, are we? Brewing up a storm with a question that's more about scale than ales. If it takes a brewery five days to ferment beer in five full fermenters, doubling the fermenters to 10 doesn't change the fermentation time. So it still takes five days to ferment the beer, just in more containers. Think of it as doubling the party size without needing extra time to get the festivities started. Well done, Raina. Nice. I'm impressed. She hit that curveball. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I loved her little uh, more about scale than ale. That's <laughs> that, great. That is awesome. I love that. Oh. Yeah. I think Steve will be pleased with that answer. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thanks for the great question, Steve. Yeah. And I love it. I, it we usually end with cheer and beer. And that, again, <laughs> that's it. Right there. It's, we're in the right space. <laughs> love it. Awesome. Well, looking forward to playing more with these text-to-video platforms, and maybe we can have some more experimentation to report on by next week. Who knows? At the pace this stuff is advancing, could be a whole new ball game by next week. Yeah, yeah, or tomorrow, for that matter. Tom right. Got anything else? No, I think uh, I think we covered a very small portion of it. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't say we covered it all. That's that would be untruth. Yeah, I love when you're like, you know, there's still more to talk about. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, wherever, and throw us a rating. We'll see you next week. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people.